for nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House. And good morning, Arizona, and welcome back to Rosie on the House on this beautiful Arizona Saturday morning in the fall. Loving it every day, just a little bit more and more. Other than the streets getting more and more crowded, this is why we are all here. This absolutely gorgeous beginning of fall weather. And what better to talk about this particular month, like we've been talking all summer long, or not all summer long, but all September long, landscaping. How we can convert that area between our front door and the road into an area of absolute beauty. How we can create in the backyard that resort-like setting. And we brought in some particular experts this morning. Rosie's, Romy's got some special guests in studio live this morning. We've got Desert Foothills Landscape, one of the newer landscape partners of Rosie on the House, but not new to landscaping, especially as it relates to just some beautiful xeriscaping. I mean, I know you guys can do anything and everything, but y'all's desert landscapes and your showroom on Cave Creek is uh, picture-perfect Sonoran Desert. It just does not get any better than that. We've got Chad Norris of Desert Foothills Landscape, the lead designer, and as well as Jake Plosh, the landscape and hardscape design specialist. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. Tell us a little bit about your background. Chad, how do you become lead designer of an of organization like this? Because looking through y'all's gallery on the website, it's some incredible work. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I've been around the landscape industry for as long as I've been alive. Uh, my dad to this day still owns a landscape company that he runs himself with a couple of crews. And and does some maintenance and enhancements. Um, growing up around that, starting my own small business around the block, mowing mowing lawns and trimming trees for some extra allowance money when I was a kid to uh, eventually working for my dad, I've always been around it. Um, after um, working for my dad for a little bit, I wanted to branch out and got into some other industries, commercial grade landscape maintenance, and then ultimately um, started to work for myself, but the recession hit and ultimately landed with Desert Foothills Landscape, and it couldn't have been a better fit. Yeah, but as lead designer, I mean, so the eye it takes to integrate all this hardscaping with all these plant species with the lighting, that just kind of came natural to you? I mean, there's people that spend years and years and years studying in, in, in college this subject. Yeah, it's funny. I was never a creative um, kid or person growing up. I wasn't into art or painting or drawing in, in any way. But when I became uh, more familiar with the desert landscape palette with the original owner of Desert Foothills Landscape, his philosophy and his way of thinking about the various layers that, that are put together to create these one-of-a-kind masterpieces clicked for me. It made sense. And off to the races I was. Philosophy and landscape aren't two words you often commonly associate with each other. Right, right. But when you when you think of each each particular area as a small piece to a larger puzzle and you start with the basics and start with that foundation and then build layer on top of layer and looking at it from different perspectives from not only curb appeal but from the homeowner's point of view from inside the house looking out, um, it becomes easy to – well, I say easy, but it becomes um, easier to layer in the, those uh, those visually interest elements. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what's easy. At my house, I have two 
landscape maintenance tools. A torch blower and a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, at right. my house, you're either going to live or you're going to die. That's Now, that's easy. Yeah. But my house and its landscaping scheme would never appear in y'all's gallery. I mean, what y'all have really is some gorgeous work. Mine's kind of kind of very simple. But Romy was talking about blending philosophy with landscaping. And when they do blend, it shows. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. When when you when you create these living art pieces of of landscape vignettes throughout the yard, it can really change the homeowner's quality of life and that's ultimately what we're about. Absolutely. And Jake, your background. Well, I'm not quite the native that uh, that Chad is to Arizona, but uh, I moved here from Idaho about 10 years ago and ever since I left college, I started small small landscape company just being a laborer and kind of you know fell in love with it at that point and you know the same kind of same scenario with chad is the previous owner of the company he kind of had a you know unorthodox view of things and it clicked real well with me and i kind of took it from there and started doing the same layering and looking as a more of a three-dimensional art piece that you you know place throughout um focal points of the home you know from inside to out through through uh the main kitchen window or um the front courtyard or something you would see from within to from inside to out and outside to in type of a um, view so uh, it's it's really worked well and um i enjoy it and you mentioned college are you what is it idaho vandal <laughs> no a little is bit, that what they're called further south boise state you're boise state yeah, all right yeah. that's a that's a cowboy that's a bronco bronco that's yeah. right okay yeah right. <laughs> well you can always tell for me when when my measuring point of a good landscape is when you don't even notice the house and y'all do an incredible job of just making the house kind of disappear into the landscape yeah. Yeah. We're, we're fortunate enough to work in some of the higher end portions of the valley where where people have these massive homes nestled into a, a, a side of a mountain or in a golf course community and, and they want that house to look uh, and showcase their lifestyle or their or their success so being able to um, provide these accentual type landscapes to these to these higher end homes is is really fun and the people want instant gratification when we're doing that they don't want to wait 10 years which which or, is why we have those big or, specimens or, or 50 for a saguaro or 50 or 100 yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so where do you how do y'all cultivate those very mature uh you know you've got some great examples of, of oregon pipe cactus that have gone in right. multi-limb saguaro i mean those you can't just go pluck out a anywhere no, no and although we do grow some smaller versions of them from 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 singular one-arm pieces the majority of our large specimen cactus are located um, and salvaged from throughout the valley there there's organ pipes that have been planted all over the place that have been in somebody's yard for 20 or 30 years well now that plant's gotten way too large for for their particular home we have spent 20 years locating those some of them are, are easy to give them up others are aren't and they wait for five or six years and then call us up and they're ready to part with them and in lieu of cutting them down and trashing them we purchase them box them up real nice bring them up to our nursery and put them in our showroom to to later incorporate into our our designer landscapes but don't try this at home <laughs> Leave that to the professionals. it's quite a process there's cranes involved there's there, it's not an easy task but 
Um, the team that we have has come up with a way to do it that's very successful. Um, we hardly lose any of these plants once they're salvaged. Yeah, the weight on those cactus full of water. And the, I mean, anyone that's seen the famous postcard of the saguaro that's fallen right. over on a, an old Oldsmobile that's completely obliterated. Right. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. like you said, cranes, heavy equipment, tractors. Yeah. You're digging these out with backhoes. You're not underneath right. there with a shovel right. and a little 12-inch or even 72-inch box trying to put these. I mean, you're, <laughs> right. you're under there with – you're probably pulling out a couple tons of dirt on yeah, the root it, systems yeah, on a lot of these. two to 3,000 pounds per specimen <laughs> cactus that is, is lifted up out of the ground from its existing location and then neatly boxed and, and readied for transport. And then in some instances, our larger crane lifts them off the street, over the house, and into the backyard in some instances. But that's the kind of stuff you only get with with people and designers who are uh, love what they do and have the availability and the the ways to do it which is which is cool yeah. And Romy, that postcard is a 1967 Oldsmobile, and that's not an old Oldsmobile. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the the homeowner who is contemplating upgrading to your level of design and installation service. What is that? What does that first meeting go like? What questions are asked? How do you how do you get to the soul of what they're looking for? You know, the, these homeowners, um, th- they appreciate and they, they want some of the best things in life. They've worked hard forever, uh, for, for long times, started, run companies, and they want to be able to um, get some of the best there is out there. And, and our philosophy and approach is a little bit different because we don't do one-dimensional drawings of what the landscape would look like. Uh, we approach it from an artistic point of view three-dimensional point of view and a lot of it is is through a dialogue between the homeowners and us that what is their expectation what are they looking for what would they like to see are they outdoor entertainers or are they inside looking out what kind of ways are they going to use their landscape Um, and then Jake and I create create a um, an expectation that is is outlined in, in words and verbiage and descriptive terms so that we paint the picture mentally when they're reading the proposal um, of what is to be expected. There's very little detail in how the what will happen. It's really forming a bond and a relationship and trust with the homeowners who then let us come in as artists and create these these really extensive one of a kind landscapes. Yeah, as a kitchen designer, you know, I can throw I could show a three D interior elevation together that shows exactly the color, the wood grain, the door, the doorknob and everything. I'm a customer, and you bring in that Palo Verde tree, and I think, well, that has a limb over there. I wasn't counting on that one right there. <laughs> right. Yeah, usually there's so much going on and so much of an operation taking place that nobody's focused on those little things. It is quite a production to see these things these things take place. Yeah, fabulous. And then you've got all the different things, Jake, in the, in the hardscape. We've talked a little bit about plants, and I want to go back to plants and plant species. And so, but what the layers y'all were talking about in the hardscape dimensions, and then what you can do with lighting. And I mean, it's just incredible when it's properly planned, like Romy says, when you bring the philosophy, the compassion, the heart, the design experience, the plant species experience, knowing what products are out there to integrate into the hardscaping, it can really come together 
as an incredibly well-blended. And you know those yards and landscapes when you see them. You drive by, you go down the street, and they're the front yards. They're the houses. They're the properties that just kind of take your breath away. And that can happen as well during the day, but, boy, at night properly lit. Let's talk about hardscaping and lighting when we get back with the good guys from Desert Foothill Landscape and Nursery. In studio with a couple of the premier designers and specialists for what we feel is you know, Desert Foothills Landscape says it all. When you go to a desert foothill, you're talking the base of Four Peaks, Rio Verde, whether it's the Tucson, Catalina Mountains, the foothills of the Arizona desert are you know, n- not duplicated anywhere else in this world. And to be able to bring that environment into our yard and our own landscapes isn't something you can just, you know, you, like you were saying, the instant gratification. I mean, you guys have been watching these cactus grow in certain locations for years to then relocate them when they've outgrown their space and you know right. to just go pluck a saguaro out well you you pluck yourself into a jailhouse <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> to right. to go capture that kind of uh landscape and bring it into your home trying to do it yourself and it's it's fun when you start from uh, the beginning of a project and see the end of that transition but in addition to the install, you'll also offer maintenance as well because maintaining these on an ongoing basis. Your desert landscape, when you water it, it grows really fast. <laughs> right. Yeah, under, under, under the right circumstances, some of the things, even cactus, can grow at, at really fast rates. Um, as opposed to the saguaro, that can take many years to grow a foot at a time. Um, other accent cactus are not, but... In, in creating these, these high-end landscapes, we also provide a maintenance service. We currently service almost 900 residential homes throughout North Scottsdale, Cave Creek, and Carefree. And, and we are entrusted with these, these homes and making sure that everything is pristine and, and well-watered and taken care of while the homeowners are away. And, and that's something we take very seriously to make sure. And I brought the maintenance aspect in of it because Rosie wanted to go into night lighting and desert, uh, you know, nightscapes. Well, those nightscapes aren't done by accident. And if the yard isn't maintained to where the lights were designed to accent on, you know, your plants, your growing plants, it, it can change really quick. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you need to be aware of what 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 the growth rate of things are and make make um, modifications to the lighting system to to uh, ensure that it's accentuating the landscape perfectly i mean it's a second it's a complete different landscape in the evening than it is in the daytime so you're out, you're really getting sometimes two different landscape environments depending on the time of day well and the, and there's different ways to light things too so you could you can broadcast from inside canopies of trees focusing down on a specimen cactus from one advantage point and then you can also light upwards on the swirls, including the pathway lights. It just becomes uh, just as much enjoyment at night. Sometimes, in some cases, I've enjoyed it even more so at night because it really brings out and 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 you could see the distinct shapes and things um, with the shadowings that that are pushed up on the home. Um, and that's very important the way you place the lights. And lighting isn't nightscaping isn't light bombs where we used to have the big halogen huge watt lights you'd put on the corner of the home and just broadcast area lighting these are decorative pieces they're accents they may Mm -hmm. be uh, pathway walk 
lighting pathways, right. like you said, highlighting certain uh, specimens in the different scape, mm-hmm. scape here. And my biggest thing for lighting at our home, one, in the summertime, it's so gosh darn hot. The only time you can enjoy outside is when the sun's down. And in the <laughs> wintertime, by the time you get home, it's already dark. The only way you can walk around outside is to light it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, and you know, a lot of the HOAs are, are um, really strict on the wattage. So then it comes into trying to do focus lights and getting, getting the right angles on the lights to try to, um, you know, a lot of the trees, Palo Verdes, mesquites, will have a nice structure to them. And it's important to try to get to broadcast and, and get that structure of the tree to play into the whole, you know, artistic view of things. It can be a specimen itself if lit right at night. Yeah, I saw that at the Desert Botanical Garden years ago. The light they place high up in the canopy, shining down through the limbs. They call it moonlighting, mm-hmm. right. I think. Is that the term for That's it? That's right, yeah. And, and as you're walking through the, the walkways, it is all those limb shadows that just right. are crisscrossing the pattern mm-hmm. of your path and your and your rest area and your sitting area and your barbecue area. I love that night lighting, but I tell you, there must be a secret to it because every time I've tried it, it just ends up blowing in the neighbor's yard the next a boob that blows through. <laughs> well, and another thing to think about when doing the night lighting is avoiding the hot spots where there are certain areas highly illuminated and others that are hardly at all illuminated. So creating a layering effect where there's more floodlights, spotlights, and then and then almost crossing over their residual illumination so you don't get these hot spots throughout the landscape. You're getting more of a glow throughout it instead. Um, and all that takes being out there at night and playing with it and making adjustments. And all of these considerations, it's, it's challenging because you're doing these before you've got a landscape out there. You can't just you know, go stick lights out there. I mean, well, you could right. a little cheap stuff with a solar panel that'll light up a little bit at night. But a right. lot, most of these things we're talking about, they're hardwired in. They're run on LED lights and low wattage use. So it's all in the infrastructure. Right. And while you're putting the infrastructure, you put in some speaker wire, right. set yeah. it out there. You right. make sure you can. There's nowhere in your yard you can walk without hearing your chanky right. chank without having to crank <laughs> speakers up on the patio right. so you can hear it out at the back. Yeah. <laughs> Creating that ambiance throughout the outdoor uh, environment is is, a, is ideal. So. Well, climate, you know, it's one of the big reasons people move here. One of the old Arizona 5Cs. Creating that desert climate in your landscape or in your own landscape yard is what we're talking about today. With Desert Foothills Landscape, we've got Chad Norris, the lead designer and VP of sales, and Jake Plocker, a landscape and hardscape design specialist. When we come back, we've been talking about hardscapes in general. I want to hear what some of y'all's prize or what are the best installs that y'all hold out as, how are we ever going to top that? (laughs) (laughs) Great. Talking landscaping this morning, like we have all month long here at Rosie on the House. We brought in our admired experts in the northern desert foothills. It's the Desert Foothills Landscape Company. We've got Jake Plocker, the landscape and hardscape specialist, as well as Chad Norris, vice president of sales and the lead designer. And we were just getting into the conversation about hardscape. We've been talking about plant species and lighting and things like that. But hardscape really is a major element of that layering effect that really adds the drama to the whole scheme so i'm thinking like at the first meeting or two we're drawing bubble gut diagrams like this is where me and mom and you know uncle charlie do the barbecuing and this is where the kids gather and this is where the dog space needs to be and here's the landscaping and then you take those bubble diagrams and just start sketching in all those little hard scape features 
and then you do plant species after that. Is that kind of the way the sequence goes? <laughs> not exactly. Not not with Desert Foothills Landscape. Okay. Uh, we, we are taking a little different approach to that. We don't do the bubble diagram plants. We are more uh, artistic view. And so we gain trust through the clients of many examples that we've done and, and just how confident we are with our designs that we um, we get a vision for where the spaces the clients want. We really discuss with the clients what they want and, and how um, the, the setting is best suited for them, for their entertainment, uh, the barbecue if they'd like one, fire pit. Um, all those things come to uh, during our first meeting we kind of talk about. And then we begin to layer those in where uh, best suited. Uh, so kitchens near the kitchen, right? The, the, the outdoor kitchen near the indoor kitchen. You place a kitchen out <laughs> further in your yard and you tend not to use it. So it's important to, to place these things where um, they're going to be visually interesting from inside the home uh, as well as useful when you're out in your patio space. And uh, I know from my experience, not not uh, having to trek across the yard to get to my barbecue grill. Um, I want it outside the kitchen so I can come back in it, you know, back and forth and, and take care of whatever I'm grilling. So um, we do approach it a little different. That's sometimes a hard sale uh, with a client just trying to explain to them uh, that well, be confident with what we're gonna we're gonna lay okay, out. Okay, you've been around thirty years. You're you're maintaining nine hundred different landscapes, so you obviously are good at convincing people to write you a deposit check to do this without a set of plans. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, good, yeah. Jack. I gotta come train our designers. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it well, we've got a lot of examples. We've done a lot of work. We've got a, a high reputation in that area. But one of the other things that is a different approach is to hardscape that varies is we don't make the hardscape the focal point of the backyard. We want to nestle those certain elements amongst the landscape or the softscape setting. So you're looking out your main kitchen window or dining room window and there's not a, a barbecue position right in your view corridor. You, you want those to be softened visually from the house. So um, whereas, whereas some might think it'll, it's right up in the foreground, we, we tend to separate them and nestle them in the surrounding softscape settings to when you're not using those things, you don't want them to be in your view. You want to see the color and texture and varieties of, of plant materials when you're not using those hardscape elements. So um, not designing around the hardscape and, and looking at it as a whole is, is, has been really beneficial for us, for sure. So when you don't do any plans, and we were talking infrastructure later, and y'all brought up another element. I mentioned wires for lighting and uh, wires for speaker, but you guys are talking, you know, your gas for your outdoor kitchen, for your uh, fireplaces, for your firewalls. You, you see them a lot, especially uh, downtown remodel district of Tucson. They've got a lot of firewalls along the, the walking area out in front of restaurants. It's a lot easier to put them in when you got the trencher there than when you get down, you're like, oh, you know what we should have had? <laughs> right. Well, we know what's going to happen, but the clients don't so much. I mean, Jake and I are really good at envisioning how this space will be transformed. We just don't put that on a plan all the time as a selling point for the job. We, we create an expectation and, and, and verbally describe this, this story of how the landscape is going to evolve. And then before we get started, we position where these, where these fire pits or water features or barbecues will be so we can start that infrastructure. But the challenging part in, in what we do is getting the homeowners to buy into 
the vision without actually seeing anything. And we've got a creative way of doing it and it works really well. Some people come in and say, there's no way I'm doing anything without a plan. And, and they leave after writing a deposit check and they want to be part of the, the movement. So when you look back on all the jobs, is there one that stands out in your mind as you know, the, the, the one that topped them all for you? Well, I, I think w- one of the coolest things we've done is, as a company is in, in Carefree, there's the Sundial or the Carefree Gardens, which was a concept that was brought together 10 years ago or so, 15 years ago. And we were fortunate enough to be involved in that process. And, and through a number of layers, um, this has become a tourist attraction and kind of a centerpiece within the community. And amongst that is some of our most unique plant material we've ever come across or salvaged and, and, and then landscapes created. And with almost 2,000 plants, I think, now donated, you know, costing over a million dollars, it's where we get to showcase some of our uh, the most unique specimen type cacti and succulents there are and even to this day if we come across one that is so rare and unusual that there's really no price tag for it that's the project that it it goes to so that many people can can view it and enjoy it and and this is called the sun sundial sundial in cave creek Mm -hmm. this is something somebody can go see absolutely walk through how do i get tours Uh, you take scottsdale road uh where it transitions into tom darlington um, Speed trap, careful. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. It goes down to 35 there. So uh, when you get to Cave Creek, you make a right, and it, it's the entire um, uh, southeast corner of that intersection. And um, it, it, you can, there's a little splash pad. There's a playground. They, they've created somewhat of an amphitheater and pathways to meander through this setting. And it's, it's someplace that uh, a lot of people visit year-round residents and otherwise and it's cool for us to be a part of that that's kind of like the botanical it's a mini version of the botanical gardens yeah Yeah. the largest uh, i think sundial in arizona i think it is i don't know maybe the southwest but well until we're proven wrong Mm -hmm. it's the southwest (laughs) that's right right. you'd mentioned a lot of things that y'all do that are unique identifying cactus and collecting them out of their landscape at times they've outgrown it or whatever the case do you guys have like an old world sculptor out there that does you know carves shapes out of rocks we 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 do we have we have some people that we (laughs) kind of like our brokers if you will for those special special pieces um we try to incorporate something special in each little so so you mentioned earlier about uh, is there anything that really stands out other than the sundial i mean that that is amazing to walk through but we try to integrate something into each landscape that is uh, special to that home or the homeowner. And so you get those uh, water features that are made out of a giant lizard that comes, uh, water comes out its feet and just different areas um, so that kind of trickles down. But um, yeah, th- I mean, those are the elements that make each home special. So it's for me, it's not just one home, but it seems like each home has something special, unique to it. That um, So... Where did you get this rock shaped perfectly like a cowboy boot out of the rock, <laughs> out of the granite type material that's in the boulders? I mean, did, did y'all carve that on hand there with like a little old uh, no. chipping stone? <laughs> no, it is it's actually natural. Um, the only thing I couldn't talk the client in, into was putting a spur on it so it actually looked like it. But um, no, you know, when it comes to these boulders, and as Chad had mentioned earlier, was, um, 
a lot of a lot of the mountain ranges that are around from the homes we see you can see it from a lot of the backyards and so what we try to do is in some instances is when we integrate the large specimen in we'll try to place boulders so it, it will tie in with the distant mountain ranges and so um as i lead into where the boot came from <laughs> Um, we get these boulders from uh, large uh, ranches up north, and they're spe- just kind of our our people that, that take you know take it take care of us, um, and they find these boulder outcroppings and can actually bring those specimens to us. And this boot was in one of those one of those settings, you know, the boulders that are naturally placed in nature. We try to relocate them and put them into our designs, so it kind of moves from a natural setting up north to the backyard of of a resident. We've talked about all the different elements of the landscaping or many of the different elements of the landscaping. What, when, when y'all are visiting with a client and you're dreaming up this perfect backyard, what happens when they say, I want a swimming pool? <laughs> say, how big, how deep, you yeah. know, what color pebble tech do you want? Yeah. You know, um, we, we try to offer as much as we can. Uh, on the hardscape side of it, there are some times where, you know, if we're doing a big package landscape, we'll start to just, uh, <laughs> not that we're controlling at all, but we like to have control of our design. So if it's a blank canvas in the backyard, we want to, we want to best suit the client. You know, if you go to a, a, you know, and this is no knock on you know, pool, pool installers, but they want to install a pool here because it best, best suits them you know for for electrical or 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 how far the gas line is from or or a setting we want to try to integrate that into the best use for the client um, uh, where it's either they can visually enjoy the waterfall that comes off of the back and it and then we can place specimens so we like to control that um, but we we can do a pool how many pools are at the warren residence that is, that is one that... pool it's one <laughs> pool doesn't look like it from this picture. <laughs> there's multiple different layers, and and uh, there's waterfalls connecting. Very, I don't even know how they do it. Whoever had to build that is profoundly talented because that was that was some 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 kind of pool. Now that, a lot of that that pool was there when we took it over, except it was surrounded with large mesquite trees and overgrown sages, and and, and we minimized that debris and that that maintenance effect and integrated a more of a desert scape into that pool. And that was that was a pretty awesome project. But we can't take credit for the pool. That was that <laughs> that is a one of a kind. Well, it's got a one-of-a-kind landscape around it now, and you can tell where y'all took those messy trees. And it's not like they're all eliminated. No. You've got some far in the back off of where the top of the waterfall starts, and you've got an incredible lawn behind Is that a golf course behind it? No, that's, that's their, their private <laughs> lawn. It's it's probably 10,000 square feet of grass, and it's, they have some dogs, and it's, it is their little slice of heaven for sure. For sure. I'd never leave. No kidding. You don't <laughs> have that to. Was mine. You don't have yeah. to. But oh man, the 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 variety of different uh, agaves and barrel cactus and saguaro and old man. It's right. you talked about that botanical garden y'all created at the intersection. You kind right. of did an own yeah, botanical the, garden right here. This is their own private private yard. And access was a huge concern. The grass was there already. We were we had to use our crane go over the house to set many of those. Uh, like that centerpiece organ pipe in the middle of that pool where that island is and and integrate some more boulders around it to have it make sense and all amongst a home and a a pool and a patio that was pre-existing. 
We're here with Jake Plocker, landscape and hardscaping specialist, and Chad Norris, vice president of sales of Desert Foothills Landscaping. Talk about just some of the projects they've managed to put together. Y'all service area is generally the North Valley of Maricopa County. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're, we're looking at expansion, expanding into Paradise Valley. We've currently got some new designs and remodels going down there, so we're hoping to branch and, and work our way more south. Um, and y'all actually have an outdoor showroom, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and where's in, that? In Cave Creek. In Cave Creek, we've got our, our main showroom and office, which has a, an attached nursery where we can walk with the clients and, and actually look at and select some of their specimen cactus. Are people free to drive by and just stop in and take a look around? Absolutely. What's yeah. the address? 36815 North Cave Creek Road. So how would you find it? A couple miles north of Carefree Highway and Cave Creek. Right, very right good. hand and side it, of the road, right as it starts to bend right yeah. and go into the car sized boulders along the along the street. You you won't miss us if you're looking for and us. And your phone number. 480-488-0128. Back here wrapping up this hour with our good friends from Desert Foothill Landscape, Jake Plocker, their landscape and hardscape specialist, as well as Chad Norris, the vice president of sales and the lead designer. You know, the only thing we haven't touched on, I think, and y'all correct me if we're missing anything else, is uh, uh, it's a, a, a little known fact is I came into the construction industry as a trench digger for a landscape irrigation company. Okay. And so I've put in my share of PVC, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, in our day, it was half-inch PVC to everything and bubblers with lake-sized tree wells around everything. You just fill that baby up. And boy, the irrigation technology and techniques have evolved quite a bit to what y'all are putting in today. Yeah, trying to, to, to manage how much water each each individual plant is using and, and not overdoing it is a is a, a huge concern for a lot of homeowners. So we, we've, we've steered away from too much poly, or I mean PVC, and bubblers to every plant, and it's transitioned to more of a, a, a poly system, which is a flexible black pipe that we can um, meander through a landscape, plug emitters into, and, and control precisely control how much water each thing each plant cacti or succulent gets um it, it's come along it's come a long way and we've been able to fine-tune that to make sure we're managing it right and and even more so recently the the wi-fi controllers were from an app on our phone as well as the homeowner's phones they can be you can control and monitor the irrigation system for leaks or usage and 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 minimize the amount of loss um, that has always been a, a an issue in the past. Put every drop to work. Absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And every <clears throat> and every plant to work. One of the things that always fascinates me about a well designed landscape and the guys like you that install them is what's one of the principal things we talk about in selling home? What's your curb appeal? What's your curb appeal? What's your curb appeal? And the landscape can overcome anything on that house done right. And the more the landscape matures, the more valuable that lot can be. You could have a 60-year-old home deteriorating that the the dirt's worth more because of how well the landscape and, and right. surrounding areas are right. uh, such a desire. Right. <laughs> and people are putting more and more emphasis on that lately, it seems. Even new construction builders where we're partnering and building spec homes, where, they, where the landscape used to get whatever's left of the budget – from Home Depot plants or something small, 
they're putting more emphasis in, in making that curb appeal in, in the home showcase more than ever before because the homes are selling faster and they're more appealing to homeowners to buy a, a done, mature, um, dramatic home and landscape. So, well, The gallery on your website certainly shouts unique, but I think y'all's facility also shouts unique. T- can you talk just a little bit more about your inventory Absolutely. of spectacular specimens that you've yeah. got collected? A- Absolutely. Not only is our is our main office showroom uh, a private nursery where we hand select the, the plants and specimens to go out to different projects, it also houses our 55 trucks at a daily basis uh, when we're not out in the field. But we have a, a private nursery that we grow material as well in New River. It's about 15 miles away from our our, our office and showroom where we, we we buy smaller plants and we have them on a five or ten year growing um, system where we can begin to cultivate it at just the right time. The, the idea is that we get to we have all the plant material we could possibly need to do any project tomorrow and and not being reliant on other nurseries or outside sources for material, equipment, labor, design where everything is done in house and that's a real benefit. Um, and it's really appealing to homeowners because we have everything already, and they can even come and select it. And that's not built overnight. I mean, this took 30 years of development. Y'all have done a fabulous job establishing a very unique and one-of-a-kind landscape company. You can right. find Desert Foothills Landscape at rosyonthehouse.com in the landscape category or stop by their location right there on Cave Creek north of Carefree Highway. If you're heading north on Cave Creek, east side of the road, just as it'll start to bend to the right and turn into cave creek hours uh the office is open from eight to eight to three every day Um, we have an automated system for for after hours or weekends and um otherwise when you say every day like saturday i'm sorry monday Monday through friday yeah monday monday through friday the office is open you can walk in and he's talking about his hours (laughs) right (laughs) it seemed like we never stop (laughs) any time during the week monday through friday eight to three you can stop in take a look and we'd love to meet you and if you're driving curious to see some of those landscapes and the showroom's closed obviously right now on a saturday morning just keep on going right through cave creek and when you get to scottsdale road southeast corner southeast corner the sundials tucked back in that area there's shops and small bistros and and you can walk and tour it really gives a it portrays a real sense of what carefree cave creek is really about you can also reach Desert Foothills Landscape by phone, set an appointment, have them come out to your house. You don't have to go to theirs. 480-488-0128. Of course, always at rosyonthehouse.com in the landscape section. Chad Norris, lead designer. We appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for having us. Jake Plocker, thank you, sir. Yeah, had fun. Tucson will be in your neighborhood next Saturday at the Tucson Convention Center. Saba Home Show, come down and see us, uh, or anyone from Southern Arizona, Green Valley, Vale, or as far north as Casa Grande. Come join us at, uh, at the Tucson Convention Center. We'll be broadcasting there live as we wrap up our month on landscape. We go into a complete month on painting, interior, exterior, accents, furniture, uh, faux walls, whatever kind of coating we're talking. Could be garage floor coatings we're talking. That'll all be here in the month of October coming up at Rosie on the House.